Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Grab your mother and kiss her square on the lips because we're discussing <laughs> 1992's Sleepwalkers, which was written by Stephen King, but not based on any book by Stephen King. This week, our buddy Kyle is joining us to have a picnic in the graveyard and dance our asses off in a movie theater on Horror Movie Night. Uh, this one was actually a listener requested. This is the last one that is a listener requested, and it was requested not once, but twice. Uh, so I'm going to read both of them real quick. It, the first one is from a Geekscape legend known as Big Yanks, uh, who wrote Stephen King's Sleepwalker. It, with all of that Game of Thrones dragon incest going around, why not delve into some cat creature incense and corn keba- uh, cop kebabs? Uh, the other email we got was from Robbie in Texas. She said, hello from Texas. I love listening to y'all. My film suggestion would be called Sleepwalkers. It's a rather silly film from the 90s, and I'm sure it sure would be I'm sure it'd be hilarious to hear your feelings on it. Looking forward to the reviews every week. Stay awesome. Uh, so thank you, Dan and Robbie, for your emails and uh, for making us watch this movie, which I'm going to go off on, on a ledge and say my favorite of the movies this month. <laughs> Whoa. I, I will say this. I, you know me, every time I have to watch a movie, I get really fucking angry <laughs> and miserable. And I think this is the first movie for this podcast that I watched alone that I had a lot of fun watching. Like, I always have fun riffing on them with you guys, but it is just like getting teeth pulled to watch the movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had a lot of fun watching this movie. I, uh, I had messaged Scott at one point and basically said that Sleepwalkers was as if Stephen King was like, okay, so in about 20 years, there's going to be a thing called podcasting. And one of the popular (laughs) things with podcasting is going to be making fun of these movies that are just unexplainably weird. So I'm going to make a movie just for those guys. (laughs) Yeah. Because it doesn't make any sense for this movie to exist except to be talked about on podcasts by people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this was awful. (laughs) (laughs) 
It was it was so weird because when you said when you told me that when you tapped me to do Sleepwalkers, I was really excited because I had it on my desk. I sent you a picture. I had it on my desk, ready to watch like that day, just to have in the background. <laughs> That's so weird. It was so weird. And so like you hit me up and you're like, "Yeah, we're gonna do this one. We want you on the show." And I was like, "Oh, good." So now I have to wait longer <laughs> to watch it. So I just sat on my desk. You're welcome. Like no one wants like. You want an excuse to not watch Sleepwalkers? <laughs> well, I've had it on my on my shelf. It was one of those movies I've had on the shelf for I don't know how long. Like I got it because I was like, yeah, Stephen King, and like and, you know, of course, the DVD cover advertises the cameos of Clive Barker and Stephen King because they have not much else to advertise on. Like they have <laughs> they have cats and haunted house, Stephen King, and those cameos. And, and Toby was- Hooper didn't get his little. Uh- didn't get advertised as well no no there was only it was only clive and uh steven you know my buddies or john landis you're missing yeah john landis yeah dante i was like there's other sweet cameos in here why is these the two that were advertising on the dvd cover like you have enough space like it wasn't like cover up the whole poster with the cameos i don't know I don't want to jump ahead, but Stephen King's cameo was fucking hilarious. Oh, it was He is such a bad actor. He knows one character. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's it's the same fucking character he was in Creepshow. But the thing is is that he gets to be the um, the coroner. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, it was the graveyard caretaker. Owner, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, But the thing is, is that, like, that's the most screen time except for Creepshow I think he's ever given himself. It is obscenely long. <laughs> yeah. It's just him walking around saying the same line. <laughs> I, I, I was dying. I was fucking dying. That was awesome. Uh, all right. So the movie opens up with a definition of a sleepwalker, which apparently is a vampire, despite all of the werewolf things that happen in this movie. <laughs> so we, we open in California and everyone is just like way too calm to be standing directly outside a house that has about a holocaust of dead cats dangling outside of it. (laughs) Everyone. You're missing the first person we fucking see in this movie is Mark Hamill. Wait, so was it? Because I wrote dollar store Mark Hamill because I couldn't find his name in the the IMDb credits. I scoured IMDb for it because I like I I turned this on I have never seen it before and I'm like is that Mark Hamill with the mustache and so I'm like oh my god and so I go through everyone on on uh, IMDb and he's uncredited he okay. it says oh uncredited cop or something like that that's Mark Hamill with the mustache he's riding high <laughs> off of the Giver <laughs> they just stepped right off the set of the Giver and into the opening yeah. scene of Sleepwalkers yeah and he still can't act like it, this is his I can't act <laughs> oh era. man it was horrible horrible so they find this little girl's corpse which shrieks as it falls out of the closet like but it is it is very much dead but like, yeah. Uh, yeah it falls out of the closet it's like ah! Like, <laughs> like it was some like home haunt that like they walked into. They forgot it was October. Yeah, like the way that they made that noise, I thought they were going to be like, "Oh, it's just a mannequin." Like, there's no other explanation for the noise. But then it cuts to the intro, which is just some of the craziest drawings and pictures of like cat people or like a cat woman breastfeeding a baby kitten. Like, it is insanity but then we hear probably my favorite part of the whole movie the fact that we get to hear sleepwalk like five times in this movie because god that is a great song (laughs) i mean when you're when when that's the highlight of your movie it's not saying much about your movie (laughs) 
So so we meet our main villain, Charles, and he's cutting himself while staring at a picture of Tanya, who is very cute (laughs) in the yearbook. Can I just read? Can I just read from here to the point where I get up to speed on what this movie is? My reactions, because I don't. Wait, read. you got up to you got up to speed on what this movie is? Like I don't. So I'll read it because I don't look up movies. You guys tell me to watch them, and I just watch them. So this is my notes up until I kind of figure out what's going on. He's got a heart circle around her yearbook picture and carving the first initial of her name in his arm. This is fucked up. This dude's like a serial killer. This woman is much older than him. Oh, shit, it's his mom. That's extremely inappropriate. They're way too close. Wait, I'm lost. Is this or is this not his mom he's currently making out with? What the fuck is going on? What did I miss? God, I hope that's not his mom. Girl dancing. Girl oh, wait, dancing don't go there. You. Stop there. Stop there because I want to talk about that for a second. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, so, so meanwhile, Charles's mom, in quotes, uh, is just staring at these cats outside, real, real concerned like, and then, yeah, Charles and her have a very, very intimate dance in the kitchen. I did not see the kissing coming. Oh, my God. Up until this point, I was positive the movie took place in the 50s. Right. Until until you heard, like, the 80s version of Do You Love Me? And, man, that dance sequence. Like, we need to talk yeah. about this dance sequence. You know how you vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> She is like going to town like it is it is girls night at the club and she's just <laughs> vacuuming the movie theater. Dude, it was wild. It was like it, so that was the as far as I had seen into the movie the last time I'd ever tried to watch it however five years ago or whatever. Like whenever I had it and I only got up to there and I was like, "Oh, this is too much for me." <laughs> 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 Between really questioning if that's his mom, because like I was also like really hoping I was like, that might be a ploy. Like it might be that might not be his mom. This might be a disguise or like some weird character thing. And then that dance being so wholesome. I was like this. I can't. I don't but know. But then he carries her upstairs to fuck. Yeah. yeah. I was really hoping that was the case. <laughs> he, he just went to go bang his mom. Yeah, I was really hoping he was like, mom just needs help up the stairs. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ, this movie. Stephen King has a lot of shit to work through, all right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I will say the only cool, like, I felt that Mick Garris, like, really just put us into there just so we had to, like, deal with it. Like, in the, in the realm of this world, somehow this is normal and, like we're just there and we have yeah. to just deal with the consequences of this weird normalcy. That's not normal in any sense of the word. So it's just like, we're just stuck there. So, so here's a weird thing though. Like, uh, and this is going to sound like complete insanity trying to like justify the incest in this movie, but like is incest normal among like cats and among like other animals like that? Oh, that's a good question because there did, there did seem to be some like allusion to like this, there's some sort of science in their folklore. You know what I mean? Like there's some sort of truth somewhere in the folklore of a sleepwalker. But what? I don't know. I don't know. I sure didn't catch that. Like I I, I watched the same movie, right? Yeah, well, like, <laughs> but their true form is the cat creature. Like the, the human skin is the fake form because like you see when they're in the mirror, you see the cats like mm-hmm. like they're and but I don't know. It's very confusing. We're really just trying to make it work. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The, I don't know the rules on like regular cats. I did watch a a lion documentary once because that's 
what my life has come to at this point. And <laughs> the when they have male cubs, the father actually disowns them after like a few months because they will eventually become competition. Oh, so, so male monsters or monsters, male tigers <laughs> are, are on their own because they will fuck their mother and the dad uh, will get jealous. Sleepwalker. Oh, um, so maybe, that, maybe that's why this movie is the way it is. <laughs> so, Charles, so Charles flirts real hard with Tanya and then he walks home and he's walking home to an Enya song. Yeah. But it's the Enya song that the Fugees sample in Ready or Not. So every time I heard it, I was like, where's Lauren Hill? Where's that hook coming? Like, I'm so ready for it. Oh, God. Hey, before we go beyond the theater, I had to mention something. There's a sushi sign at the concession stand. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> like, oh, no. Who gets – who's, like, at the theater? Well, first of all, I don't know how it is in California, but – and it's the 90s. I don't think that sushi was that big of a thing in the 90s that it would have in theater. Yeah. Yeah. Like, who's going to make you a sushi roll? Are you really going to trust some <laughs> teenager with like some pimple faced teenager to give you popcorn and a sushi roll? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that theater's a goddamn mess. There's no people in any of those theaters, by the way. It was just her working, and there's no movies showing. There's just. That's just her job. Yeah, I uh, love the fact that they are very obviously thirty. Like, oh, yes, so, yeah. She okay. She's pretty, but she is definitely thirty. <laughs> so, so let's get to my favorite character and my favorite part in this whole movie. So Charles goes to high school and he reads his his confession in exposition class, and his teacher really, really enjoys it. Uh, and the teacher's praising him, and it's Otho from Beetlejuice. Yeah, the guy is, from Beetlejuice. Yeah, who's super underappreciated actor, in my opinion. Every time he's in a movie, he kills it. But one of my notes in here literally says, I wish the guy from Beetlejuice was in every movie ever. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Uh, so he he is sh- like just showering praise on Charles' writing and everything. And then he makes a comment about a box has four sides. And Charles goes, actually, a box has six sides and a blood feud has developed. <laughs> like, right. It was not that funny. Nothing in the world is as funny as that class thought that that line was funny. And, uh, it's Some just kid was like, throwing up. <laughs> well, then they just, do the cross, they just do the cross dissolve to him just peering out the window being like, that motherfucker got me. Like, he, got me. he got me good in front of the whole fucking class. He got me. Oh, my God. But before it's we go so further, crazy. I do have to backtrack because I'm still confused at this point. And we get to the point where I'm not as confused. So to continue my notes, this kid's got problems, man. Carving a girl's initials in his arm fucking someone that may or may not be his mother, and now he's very aggressively hitting on a movie theater chick. Oh, the popcorn girl is Tanya. So was that his mom that he fucked? This movie shouldn't be as confusing as it is. Okay, it is his mom. So he fucks his mom. I think I'm caught up to speed now. What I think is happening is Charles' mom, who he fucks, eats people, and she's famished, so she needs to eat Tanya, who he's in love with. Could be wrong, but that's what I got. Beetlejuice teacher scene. Here we are, up to speed. (laughs) It's amazing how you're just kind of like Matt, but with better spelling. (laughs) 
because that thought process is the so it's so very Kelly of you. <laughs> um. So, so Charles and Tanya go and hang out at her house after class, and that's where he sees that her mom does gravestone sketches, and he's looking at all of Tanya's photos. And there's a very Star Wars Attack of the Clones type quote where he just goes, "I like rocks." Um, <laughs> But Tanya and Charles plan that they're going to hang out in the graveyard after school, uh, which they very cleverly are like, oh, because he also loves doing gravestone sketches. Uh, so as Charles Mom calls leaves, bullshit and Charles steps up to the plate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I love Charles- how his excuse is like, oh, I learned that a long time ago. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, because I'm a thousand years old. Yeah. All right. So this is where the movie this is where the movie goes from being like bizarre but kind of entertaining to fucking fantastic so charles is driving home from tanya's house and he's blasting like ugly kid joe or scatterbrain or some other garbage (laughs) from the 90s like that and the english teacher pulls him over to confront him and charles just straight rips his hand off and attacks him and like Charles, for being part animal, takes forever to catch a bleeding out fat man. Like, it is the <laughs> case. But this is where oh, we're introduced man. to the stars of the movie, Andy and his cat Clovis. Who, Dude. <laughs> like, round, of round of applause. Round of applause for him. <laughs> Holy shit. Aside from the incest, Charles is pretty fucking cool. And then the black cop gets thrown in the mix. And it's like, this town is like Coolville. Like everyone in this town is so awesome. And I want to be all of their friends. The, the quote oh, that man. I wrote down from Andy is he's going, get the bad guy, get the bad guy, get that motherfucker. <laughs> I think it's safe to assume all four of us has that as a note because it's one of the best lines in the movie. Oh, it was I do. Best. It's all it the caps. Best. Yeah. Yeah. It was the best thing I've ever heard. That until we get to his little song about uh, Jerry with the one ball, but we're we're too far. <laughs> no, we're gonna get to it right in here. There goes Johnny with a pecker in his hand. He's a one ball man, and he's off to the rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> and the way that he sings it is that he that was just on the fly. Like that was just yeah. like, it, as if that just, song, that song doesn't exist in the real world. He made that shit up to to entertain his cat. Like that was for his cat and him. Well, Nobody then- else. He doesn't know that we're watching. <laughs> well and then it cuts back into the car later and then it's like when you're trying when you're just angry but you're like listening to rap music so you're trying to rap your anger and he's just like motherfucker going to get that motherfucker he's yeah. fast motherfucker. Like, he's, like, he's just listening to instrumentals trying to like gear up to freestyle but he's not good at it so he just is like he's just revving his goddamn engine yeah yeah uh yeah yeah <laughs> <He's> <laughs> <laughs> There's this crazy car chase scene uh, where, like, Charles almost takes down a little girl. The the crossing guard saves him, but then he goes, he saves the little girl, and then Andy pulls up. He goes, is everybody all right? And he goes, get the guy. <laughs> <laughs> Do your job. <laughs> Charles and his mom give in to their incestual desires once again while the cat is waiting outside judging. No. So like he cuts to all these cats and they're staring in. And that's when we have the scene where they're like on top of each other. And then the camera pans ever so slightly. And in the mirror, it's like two cat creatures going out. Oh. But we missed we miss one of the comically best scenes. And it's when he tries to go around the car and there's a big truck there. And the cat, meow! And, <laughs> and he goes, oh, shit! 
Oh, wait, sorry. We did miss one other part, too, where they get side by side and and Charles looks at Clovis and then his head just goes full Animorphs all over oh. the place. Oh, it's <laughs> so baby bad. at one point. It turned to a <laughs> That was the only so that was the only thing that I knew about Sleepwalkers besides that like first 5 minutes and then I've only seen that gif on the internet. Like I've seen it I've seen it posted a few times. So I assumed that that was going to be an ending of the movie type thing cuz I was like to me like that's kind of rad. Like the shape shifting thing seemed to be like a really cool like endpoint, and it shows up so early. So I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, well, what the fuck's gonna happen? What? Yeah, like what? They can't go up from here. <laughs> I was like, I thought this was the coolest shit that I was gonna see. What? Well, it's- technically, it still was. <laughs> it still was. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It now did, you have it did forty minutes left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to horror movie night. Yeah. So, so then there's this scene. We jump to the scene with Tanya's parents. And it is like straight out of the movie Heather's like like it's just like them two sitting in the seats and there's this quick dialogue. It's like, all right, I'm going to go over to the Charles houses and like, okay, have fun at Charles houses. And then I'll make sure you're back by five for dinner and like all this thing. And then they just like vanish. And then when they come back, it's kind of just like like she walks off and they're like, "What, what have we become? But I mean, we're just like our parents now. Like it's a very bizarre scene. Yeah, really? I mean, in the grand scheme of sleepwalkers, that's what you're counting, calling out as a bizarre scene. I mean, it's a, really a collection of bizarre scenes. Yeah, I guess <laughs> this movie is an abomination. I just have to go out. Like, I, I think that we're 20 minutes into the the podcast now, and I can just let you know that Jesus Christ, this fucking movie. Uh, I still don't totally get the mythology of this film. I don't either at all, because no. there's this scene where Tanya shows up at Charles's house and that just seems like a prime time to do what they need to do. Like, I don't know why it seems very convoluted to also take her on the date and then suck out her life force to give to the mom when they're all there, right there. Like you just She's trying to be a normal teenager though, you know, like after f- besides fucking his mom and like maybe having to kill people. <laughs> it's like, he's just trying to be a normal teenager. Yeah. I, I, I don't get it either. At first, it made sense because it was like, oh, he likes this girl and he's trying to protect her. But no, he just takes her to the woods to do the same thing in a less secu- in a less secluded place. Yeah. It was so dumb. Oh, they <laughs> so they dumb. slip. They're in the graveyard and she's taking photos. And Tanya's a terrible photographer. The way she takes oh, photos. Right. <laughs> oh, the goddamn but, worst. But like, she slips and they fall. And you'd think that it was like the as you wish scene from The Princess Bride with how long this fall is. Like the way the camera's all up close on them as they're just tumbling and rolling. And it's like, it's a flat piece of land. Like it's yeah. not even a hill. <laughs> Dude, some of the shots in this movie angered me so much. Like when the mom starts slapping him. And oh it just God. looks like when the detective falls down the stairs in the original Psycho. Like just that, what? <laughs> Uh, it's bad. Uh, but then Charles finally makes the move and starts to suck her life force out and attacks her. And she keeps, you know, throwing things at him and scratching him and throwing a corkscrew in his eye, uh, which, like, I do like uh, evil Charles the cat person where, like, none of this stuff hurts him. So, like, mm-hmm. she jabs him in the eyeball with this corkscrew and he starts going, ah, you got blood on my shirt. Like, yeah, like, very, like. 
like it's like that kind of cool like oh god this dude's such a badass um, <laughs> but then the worst thing that could possibly happen in this movie happens and andy is killed and um, oh and i shut I it just, off didn't see it i got excited because i thought he came back but it was short-lived yeah it was oh, cut but it, we did get the line cop kebab from that scene yes uh and then, as if Andy dying wasn't enough, so like the cat attacks Charles and it forces Charles to run off, and then the cat just sits on Andy's body, and my heart just shattered. Like I was like, "No, he misses yeah. him." Like, this movie's like, got everything: sadness, relationships, incest, uh, comedy. It's great. <laughs> it has everything uh, except for actual horror. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. So Charles goes home and his mom starts to like tend to his wounds. And we've already talked about the, the Stephen, way, you know, we uh, talked about uh. the Stephen King, Jesus Christ. We talked about the Stephen King and like the giant, like carnival of cameo that happens in that scene. I locked um, the fence. I can't be responsible for everyone. Go talk to that guy. Okay. I locked the fence. I thought it was fucking hilarious. It was so good. So good. Um, well, I think it's because it just reminds us of one of our uncles, Brian. Ted. this scene is very important because tanya's telling her story and everybody thinks that she's crazy and then she remembers her camera and she's like i took a bunch of photos of them go develop the camera and like true to the cops the cops are like yeah that sounds like a good idea (laughs) let's develop those pictures right yeah they don't negate that at all (laughs) i also wrote a note uh i feel a little bit bad about this This is one of the only like not plot-based notes uh, they could have saved a ton of money on the special effects budget and just cast Ron Perlman as a cat person. Oh, <laughs> dude's mouth is huge. Like <laughs> I, that was like, and I know that like that's a co- that's common knowledge, but particularly when he's younger and his face is like a little bit thinner and longer and not so like buff, his mouth is huge. Like yeah, no, he's <laughs> insane person. Yeah, yeah, it was. He should have been. Yeah, he should have been like Papa Sleepwalker that like they keep in the attic and they only let out like he should have been the big boss Sleepwalker. I feel like <laughs> that's the reason he got the part in Hellboy is like, well, this guy we just got to glue some horns to his head and paint it red. And he's like, Very minimal special effects needed for his face, dude. Right? I think as a kid he was reading Hellboy comics, just being like, "This was the part I was born to play, baby." <laughs> now, mom, help me lift my head up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah shit. so ron perlman's in here is like a, an out of state like a state cop who everybody dislikes because suddenly it's super troopers um <laughs> and the the mom bashes two cops heads together and shows up at tanya's house where she kills the dad and she tosses the mom through the window which apparently kills her but i feel like that wouldn't have killed her mom like that's no. it's not like it was the third or fourth story it was the first floor she just went through some glass she's okay and i also i just quickly i want to elaborate on the two cops getting their heads bashed together because when you say that the image might be something of horror we're talking a three stooges like clonking clonking of heads and then they're dead (laughs) that's it like that's not the win man (laughs) that's not the win man got her like her kill deliveries are horrendous, which leads to the best kill in the movie, which is the chewed up corn on the cob stab in the back. Oh. And goes, eat your vegetables if you want dessert. Them's the rules. That is my last note. That is the last note that I wrote because it's like, there's nothing else I need to write down. I'll riff off everyone else for the rest of the movie. But corn on the cob in the back is the greatest kill. 
Oh, God. amazing. But like, think about this. We did Pet Cemetery 2 a couple months back. Death, Death by, by Potato. potato. <laughs> we got Death by Corn Cob in Sleepwalkers. Stephen King really hates vegetables. Yeah. yeah. None of them come close to my favorite kill that has ever happened in horror movie Yeah, night. yeah. Invisible Maniac, I know. <laughs> my Subway Sandwich. Um, so the mom is like Dracula in Monster Squad at this point where she's just blowing up shit. Yeah. Uh, she wrecks Ron Perlman. Like, like Ron Perlman gets probably the most horrific of the deaths because it's like she bites off his, ha- his fingers and then she just like, I think I looked away and all of a sudden all of his limbs were like broken. <laughs> like, I don't know what happened, but he looked bad. Yeah. He got uh, beat up. Horace got off easy. Just to corn <laughs> the cop in the back. <laughs> uh, and then she drives the cop car through the house. Uh, Charles is basically mostly cat here. And then she like starts to make her dance with the cat and it, or sorry, she tries to make Tanya dance with Charles. And it's kind of like that. It's like a scene at the end of Texas Chainsaw Massacre almost because he's like barely alive. It's like any scene with grandpa in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. Yeah, that's exactly my thought. I I like directly correlated it to Texas Chainsaw Next Gen, which you guys know I fucking love. Um, (laughs) We know know that when we eventually are roped into talking that movie that you're coming back on. Yeah, I'm just going (laughs) to – you guys won't even invite me. I'll somehow pop into the chat and be like, oh, I heard you guys were talking about (laughs) (laughs) But no, But a lot of those late 90s movies have this weird like their climax is at like a weird family like gathering that's – Maybe you shouldn't have the word climax. And family, yeah, you're right. This movie already had it in the first scene, so we're good. (laughs) Not breaking up, I'm breaking up anything new, but like they have that weird, like you're going into a weird family setting and you're just gonna get roped into whatever crazy shit they do. And like that's exactly how I felt. I had like, I there was plenty, plenty of trailers in the early 90s that had movies like that, and I was like, why the fuck is this a trend? Like, why, why is this happening? American Gothic sort of had it at the late 80s, but like. It was like these people just get stuck in weird families and and you have to dance with homeboy. (laughs) But because she drove the cat car through the house, it allows an access point for the thousands of cats that have gathered outside of the house. Uh, Cats attack and they kill the cat people. The only problem with Coolsville, USA is how many cats there were, like feral cats there were. (laughs) (laughs) There's only one thing I hate about Coolsville, USA. (laughs) All the goddamn cats. (laughs) (laughs) And I always thought that I was pretty even as far as like animal lover. Like I I love all animals, but I'm like, I I was too okay with this movie. Because if if the cats were, (laughs) were, were replaced with puppies, I wouldn't watch it and quit the show. Like I, I it's just like puppies dangling and puppies necks getting snapped. But it's like, ah, cat, they're kind of dicks. They are though. That's the thing is like. This movie is basically Stephen King being like, you know what? I have to atone for all the dogs that I've murdered in all of my books and movies. Let's kill a shitload of cats. Yeah, let's get up to speed. Last thing I have to say about this movie is that I do have to give them – well, two things. I have to give them props on the movie effects, like the the actual – like the the, um, the, the cat suits, mm. you know, because I mean, it's, it's fun and they're kind of a little gooey. Um, 
and and I give them props for that. But this movie is kind of like a never again for. Oh, this is this is a hard never again for me. But, oh, this is absolutely a invite some friends over and watch a movie film for me. This well, this is you have this is this is how I don't understand how you have any friends left. <laughs> I have. I have so many. That's the most. I know. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It makes no like, sense to me. But, okay. Um, I do have an alternate title for this movie. You ready? Yeah. Mom's side boob. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody. What's up? I'm here, too. We are the Jersey Ghouls, a horror podcast based out of the Garden State. Join us on Jersey Ghouls for Marissa's scholarly conversations. By the way, if you Google psycho female, you definitely don't get the name of the actress from Psycho. Join us on Jersey Ghouls for Nate's thrilling debate. Why? Why are you so resistant against Because don't, don't you start. Join us on Jersey Ghouls for Jackie's love of 80s slasher movie, Topless Sea. Whoa, Jackie, this is a feminist podcast. I know. I'm a woman. And as a woman... I appreciate a nice set of jugs. Okay, but you shouldn't call them jugs. Hooters? Bazungas? Tatas? Dirty pillows? I, I like boobs, too. Can, can I call them fun bags? No! We're the Jersey Ghouls. You can find us on social media by searching Jersey Ghouls on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also find our blog and podcast on our website, jerseyghouls.com. So what did you guys watch this week? I watched the newest Insidious movie, um, which was terrible. They <laughs> uh, just spoiler alert for anyone that was going to watch the movie. Don't um, it, they? They wanted to make it much more, I guess, darker with like people, actual people getting chained up, and they got so lost within themselves that they forgot to end the movie. So it was like this is the biggest demon that this woman has ever fought. And she pretty much at the end of the movie, I'm like, fuck, this this is finally going to pay off. There's going to be a big fight scene or something. She blows the whistle. And this is not me making a joke or over exaggerating. The ghost of her mother comes out and goes whoosh with her hand and the demon flies away. And that is the end of Insidious Last Key that oh. I spent four dollars on because my girlfriend wanted to watch. So well, at least it was the last key. So yeah, let's hope. Let's hope it was the last <laughs> for key. now. Um, that sounds horrible. Yeah, it was very very bad. I heard good things about it though. That's what I don't understand is that like it's it seems to be that um it's one of those really polarizing films for some odd reason, which makes no sense because it's Insidious. I don't feel like Insidious. Insidious is like the mayonnaise of 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 horror. Like you know, it's like. <laughs> I don't know. I just it just wasn't good. It didn't have any tiny Tim in it, and it just wasn't good. <laughs> Damn shame. Yeah, like I don't know. I think the more the insidious, I think the first insidious got a lot of appraisal. You like got a got a lot of appraisal. So like every movie after that just like insists upon itself, and it's just gets worse and worse. Yeah, and I really liked the first Insidious, but I haven't seen any others. No, I have. It didn't make me want to go see any of the other ones. I like just liked it standalone. Yeah. Well, I live in northeastern Ohio, so um, I don't need to watch Mushroom Head in a movie to uh, to live it. <laughs> Hell yeah! Um, I, uh, I I finally uh, I got the 4K restoration of Suspiria um, from Synapse, right? 
yeah. Um, and finally put that in, and holy shit, man, it is gorgeous. It. it is gorgeous. I mean, sure, it's it's an amazing movie. The first time I ever saw it was on well regular DVD, and I think um, Synapse did that one too. Um, I mean, years ago, and you know, this one's been in the works for a while to get a good transfer of it. And I watched it with some friends who, uh, well, my wife had seen it, but two other friends had never seen it before. And we like just turned all the lights off and threw the Blu-ray on and it's stunning. Like if anybody was ever wondering like really the difference between Blu-ray quality and just like DVD quality, this is the movie that will blow your mind in how different they actually are. You know, cause I was really skeptical like when originally, and like some movies still look like trash, even if they're Blu-ray, but this is fucking gorgeous. So if anybody hasn't seen the restoration of it, it's uh, it's worth scoping out. Wow. Yeah. And it sounds like I work for that company. I don't. It was just, I was just really, I was just really fucking impressed. Who, who released with it. that one, once uh, more? I didn't think I heard yeah. you say. You didn't hear me say, I, I want to make sure. I also think that might be wrong. No, no, it's right. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I think it was them um but man it's gorgeous i haven't watched any of the special features on it or anything but it's it looks it's a good looker so here's my problem with suspiria i really want to like that movie like yeah. i really really want to like that movie but i've just never been able to get into it i, yeah. I maybe i just bite the bullet and try and check it out well, again it's I not think it's a movie that's more fun to look at than to think about because it's the plot is very like the the plot's very lacking but it is gorgeously shot yeah like we watched it inebriated so that was really i mean that was helpful <laughs> um, so what what were you uh on was it just alcohol or i mean like what what should i what should i imbibe to uh i mean i think you have i think you have flexibility in anything black tar heroin's not I wouldn't. I don't suggest that one. Um, no, we were just all hanging around drinking, and it was. I mean, it was more. I don't want to say it was on in the background because, like, there were moments where I, we all were just like, "Holy shit!" and like paying attention to it. But you know, like any of those dull moments and and those moments that are just kind of fleeting. You know, we yeah. weren't like fo- like focused on it, trying to figure out what was going on. Like it had our attention, but more visually, and we just kind of let that vibe take over. Because I, dude, I, I mean. I love that movie to death, but it, there are times where I'm like, I could skip to the next scene, <laughs> you know, like I could. Well, it's kind know. of like just vignettes almost, at least from what I remember is that like, since the, th- the, the plot is so threadbare, it's like, and, and the more and more I watch it, the more and more I realize that too. It's like, I, I realize how thin the plot is and how it's just like, I feel like we're just in rooms and sections of that school and of that yeah. environment, which is still great. Cause I think they're so detailed, but it's also like, Oh, so this doesn't, this, this conversation doesn't matter or like whatever. But I feel like that's everything he did. Yes. You no, know? oh, like- <laughs> I, I think besides maybe, maybe even besides Tenebra, which is mo- so much just like, a straightforward slasher in my mind uh yeah. everything else has like really thin like strings to it and even that one does but that's just because it's a slasher movie anyway so it's like i, I expected that i have two very different things that i want to talk about one i watched the lure which is a uh polish killer mermaid musical oh yeah it was very weird um i I enjoyed it and it kept me watching. Um, I liked the music a lot. Uh, it it, it kind of felt like 
Taxi. Okay, it felt like taxidermia where I it seemed like a a very strong cultural break between American and like European uh, sensibilities and and the way that you know the film was assembled and 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 cut and things but it's it's cool it's basically like the little mermaid but a horror movie almost but it's not even like a full horror movie it's kind of more it has a very rocker rocky horror picture show repo the genetic opera uh kind of vibe to it but it's I, I enjoyed it more than both of those movies combined, which doesn't say a whole lot because I didn't really like either of those movies. But um, it's good. I would highly recommend watching it once. I don't know if I would buy it, but it's very pretty to look at. I liked the um, I liked the music a lot. I liked the story. Uh, visuals were great. I felt a bit let down at the end just because it wasn't quite as violent as a, of a movie as I was expecting because it's more of like a drama but it's still like a horror drama. I don't know. It's it's a hard movie to to. It's a genre movie, is what it is. You know, like it's not straight horror, but it is a genre film. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other side of the spectrum, I watched the Power Rangers movie from last year. Oh man, it was <laughs> it was a blast. I had the most fun watching that shit. Um, have, has anybody even thought about watching that? I've no. been considering it. I uh, a bunch of different podcasts that I listen to, like We Hate Movies and Flophouse, all have talked about the movie, and at the end have been like, you know, despite we made fun of it a bunch, like this movie was way better than it had any right to be. It was better than every episode, everything that you ever loved about any specific episode of of Power Rangers times a hundred. Like it was a really, really entertaining. It's just a popcorn action flick, but it was. I thought the pacing was great. I thought that the fan service was good without being too overbearing. The special effects were great. I fucking loved Rita Repulsa. And they're, I mean, they're going to do another one because she was the Green Ranger. And so then they're going to get her power coin and they're going to make the Green Ranger. You know, I mean, like that's, I'm not even spoiling anything by telling you that. Like they're going to do another one. And I mean, Elizabeth Banks is just awesome. She's just awesome. So. She's great. I, it just it was a really, really fun movie. Um, I took everything at face value and left it all on the table at the end of the day. You know, like I, I didn't think about it after I watched it. I was just like, that was a blast. That was the trip. You know, like it, it's like an amusement park ride. It's total entertainment. To- you turn your brain off and you just enjoy it. Well, funny that you mention Power Rangers. <laughs> Not funny at all. It was very, very much implied that this was coming. Because before I talk about Power Rangers, uh, I watched the movie Unsane. <laughs> and, oh. <laughs> uh, and I saw it when it came out in theaters, but I believe the DVD is going to be out by the time this episode comes out. And uh, it's a very interesting, good movie. I don't know if it's something that I would ever own, but it is something that I recommend everyone at least watch maybe once. It's very intense. It's a very, like, stressful movie. Is that the Soderbergh one? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then I also, just because it ties in with Cats, uh, <laughs> uh, I saw Isle cats? of Dogs. 
I watched Cats. I watched Isle of Dogs, which is probably the best movie that Wes Anderson has made in years. And uh, I highly highly recommend it. It is very enjoyable. It will tug at your heartstrings. You will probably cry a few times, but you'll mostly be laughing your ass off. But I also watched episode nine of the Power Rangers called For Uh. Whom the Bell Trolls. It's Hobby (laughs) Week at school and Trini shares her dog collections. This is high school reminder, not making fun of Trini for having dolls, but because the fact that you're having hobby week at high school level, uh, she, her favorite doll is a creepy Barbie sized troll called Mr. Tickle sneezer. Uh, and Rita is jealous because she didn't get to play with dolls and Val's revenge on Trini. And I'm not making that up. That is literally her motivation is I didn't get to play with dolls when a little girl, I'm going to teach that Trini, uh, as they're leaving class. The teacher says, don't forget your homework tonight is to read chapter four of your English books. Question marks. Why do we need them? Um, (laughs) It's 1030 by the time Trini is done putting all of these dolls away. uh, And Rita brings the doll to life and takes him to the moon. And he sounds like a dim-witted cartoon psychic. Like, every time he talks, he's just like, oh, geez, I don't know, Rita. Um, (laughs) So he starts collecting goodies, like motorcycles and buildings and cars with Billy and Trini inside of it and shrinking them down into these little bottles. Uh, And this is when I realized that Skull of Bulk and Skull fame looks exactly like Chris Kattan. Uh, Tinkle Sneezer trips and drops the bottle with Billy and Trini in it, and it lands on some train tracks but they're able to save the bottle and open it and bring them back to normal size. And Jesus Christ, this episode is extremely boring. Uh, Additionally, the Power Rangers fight footage looks like it's about 20 years older than the rest of the episode. Uh, So this must have been an early episode of the original show. Um, The Megazord gets sucked into the bottle, but they immediately are just like, yo, let's summon that sword, which scares the troll into dropping the bottle and they come back out of it again within 30 seconds. It is the least like tense thing possible. It, and except then, since last week. Yeah. Well, and then we find out that this was all a dream and Trini oh, was just oh, having a nightmare God. that Rita would would turn her, her beloved troll doll against her. So, So high school is with a hobby week is dream is a dream or do they also still have that in real life? At the hobby life? week was real. The oh, hobby week was oh, real oh. because the post credit sequence is Bulk and Skull's presentation for hobby week. And that's where we find out that their real names are Farkas and Eugene. <laughs> so, oh my God. That's right. I remember that. <laughs> oh, that's brutal. Uh, so that, no that's that bullies. Yeah. That, <laughs> Easily of the nine episodes I've watched so far, the worst episode uh, of Power Rangers. That was Sleepwalkers from 1992, uh, as picked by a bunch of you, but specifically Big Yanks and Robbie. Thank you so much for submitting a bunch of your movie ideas. We are obviously taking any movie ideas at any time. Uh, The next one of these is going to be in September. So start getting those emails sent to us at hmnpodcast at gmail.com. Check out the uh, HMN podcast Facebook group, our website. We've got a Spotify list now. We've got an Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're, we're doing all of that shit, and we're doing it hard. And finally, we got to take a second to mention, hit up the Patreon account, people. Patreon.com backslash HMN podcast, because that's where you're going to get all of these sweet-ass bonus episodes, like the Wicker Man episode that came out. Uh, and we are going to be doing Adventure of Buckaroo Banzai across the 8th Dimension for June. So strap in. We're going to have a great time. Thank you, Kyle, for joining us. Uh, Thanks. We'll talk to you next week, right? Memories!
Murray all alone in the moonlight. Yeah, um, you know, uh, you know, yeah, I'll be here. All right, thank you so much, my man. Yeah, thank you, guys. listening to the Geekscape Network.